0: 折れ I'm, I'm gonna really struggle, like, I'm, I'm gonna do my best, but because we have decided to bring the chaos back, I'm gonna really fucking struggle to talk about anything other than Elden Ring.
1: Yeah, but we, you don't want to talk about Elden Ring, because then you don't know if the, if any of the listeners are, like, gonna get spoiled by it.
0: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to spoil
1: anybody, That,
0: like, I, I was telling Nova yesterday that, like, knowing us... And knowing what we've been doing with the show, we are probably going to end up somehow talking about Elden Ring. And because neither of us wants to spoil the other, and neither of us wants to spoil the listeners, it's gonna be a series of extremely vague words and sentences that are just like completely nonsense, you know? Like,
1: I feel like this is what this is gonna have to be. Because we could skip the banter and just get into the episode, and then we wouldn't be talking about Elden Ring or the chance of talking about Elden Ring. We
0: we could, but I feel like I'd be breaking my promise of bringing the chaos back. <laughs>
1: Dude, you can't you can't actively want to have chaos. That's not that's not how chaos works. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right.
0: I guess you're right, but. I mean, fuck it, I guess I could talk about work this week. Because it's been something. For everybody listening, y'all know I had COVID. Like, I, I had COVID for a bit. I went back to work last week? Uh, like, midweek in, on Wednesday. And there are a bunch of new people on my shift. Uh, for for those who don't know, which is probably everybody, I, I work at, like, a warehouse. Specifically, like, a clothing warehouse. Um, there were a ton of new people, and I have gotten to the point where I've realized that without me, the whole fucking place kind of falls apart. Um, and I say this specifically because I, we have like a pre-shift meeting, right? Um, and... During these meetings, it's usually just the team lead talking, uh, and then, like, being like, okay, Inventory, you got anything? And then, does anybody else have anything? And then nobody fucking raises their hand, despite the fact that there are a multitude of issues going on. Um, and I I don't want to be like, I am the person that holds this place together, but I genuinely think I kind of am, uh... And that's because I actually talk during the meeting, which is to say, I actually point out things that everybody knows to be true, and chooses to do nothing about. Uh For example, we- essentially we have, like, our shelves set up so that we have, like, 15 boxes on each, like, different division of a shelf, right? hmm And- in these boxes, we have various assort- assortments of clothes um, that are supposed to be organized from front to back by, like, size and pattern. Um, and, like, sometimes the size is in the wrong order, or sometimes the pattern uh, is, like, the same pattern, but it's a different kind of clothing. And it-, it-, it can get mixed up, and, like, that's okay. That happens. That's That's just how inventory there works. But what's been happening is because we have dividers in between these different sizes of clothes, people have not been pulling out any of the dividers um, or reorganizing clothes if the dividers get messed up. So what we end up having is boxes of clothing soup, where every single box is just like a mess of sizes and patterns that you have to rummage through to find what you're looking for. Uh, and... Nobody thought to bring this up during the meetings. Like, I I gave it, like, two solid days to see if anybody else would bring it up, and nobody did. And so I'm like, okay, this is a real issue. This is slowing all of us down. We need to do something about this. And the second I brought this up, it's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. And everybody got on that shit, because (laughs) our team lead, who I'm, like, friends with, is like, you know, you're right. We are going to be the, like, utility support shift, because it's, like, a warehouse that runs, like, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, We are going to be the utility support shift, and instead of picking all these orders to ship them out, we are pretty slow today. So go ahead, and while you're picking, just clean up every fucking box you find. And we did, and suddenly our numbers skyrocketed, because fucking suddenly we have things sorted not only this though i also was like i was auditing orders that had been like grabbed by somebody else and we found out that somebody on like first shift just had not been auditing any of their orders oh no it it wasn't as big a deal because like the missings they had because like the way it works is we if you have like missing items in an order you drop it off in like a missings box and somebody who's like assigned to do missings will take care of this
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i i took it upon myself i'm like hey team lead do you want me to do missings and she'll be like yeah sure go for it so i hopped on that for like three four hours and found all these orders that on the papers were just not audited so i'm like okay I'm going to sort through all of these, figure out what's there, what's missing, because, like, we have to. Um, I did this, and I wrote down all of the order numbers. And I want to be clear, like, I'm not trying to snitch on anybody. I'm not here to make sure somebody gets in trouble. I just want to make sure the job gets done right and everybody's job is a bit easier. We found out all of these missing orders were from the same person whose numbers were higher than anybody else. Like, uh, by a large margin.
1: Like A, a picture begins to form. Yes.
0: Um, because, like, on average, we're expected to pick, like, I think it's something around, like, 900 items a day. Um, which isn't too bad. Like, it's the orders when you have the boxes sorted and, like, know what you're looking for can go by pretty fast but this person was picking anywhere between 1300 and 1400 a day which Mm -hmm. was bigger by a margin of about 300 400 to the fastest picker who is me (laughs) um so we find this out our team lead tells first shift because it's somebody from first shift and they're like what There's no way that can be happening. No, that's not true. And we get back (laughs) to the next day, and the same thing happens, and it's the same person, and we're just like, okay, so here's proof, here's everything you need to know, it's all this person, make sure they audit. Lo and behold, the next day, we have zero issues. (laughs) Literally, like, the missings are gone. We're, we are operating smoothly and everything's fine. All because this one person was just not
1: doing their job. It's a masterpiece of storytelling, honestly. it just reminds me one, one uh, summer I, I did an internship for the, for the government. It was basically just like tech sport, like a bunch of incoming, uh, incoming tickets. And mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the end of the internship, I was like, okay, let's see let's try to get some numbers so i could do like my end of internship presentation with the university oh and i'm like so if i just take the ticket numbers there were 15000 that came in over the course of the 3 months that i worked there i handled 8000 another guy handled 4000 oh, no i handled 4000 Uh, my colleague like and like the two the two inter- in- interns did 3000 and 2000 So it's like, oh, us three interns handled about half to slightly more than half of the incoming tickets over the course of three months in an office that already has 15 people. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we're just like, "Uh aha.
0: I just like, it's not that I think people should work harder. Because, like, I, I think people should do what they love. Like, I, I don't think there's many people who are, like, stuck in warehouse jobs and truly love what they do. I'm sure they are out there. I, I know a few people at my work who do love their job, genuinely. But, like, I think if you are working at a warehouse, the least you can do is make the job easier on other people so that they don't have to work as hard, even if it it, it ends up being like a collaborative effort where if everybody's doing their part to make sure the others don't have to work as hard, we don't, we all don't have to work as hard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's the snowball effect where, you know, if one person is just not doing their part, it can all fall flat, everybody Can end up getting screwed over, and like that's not good. And I don't know. I just, I wish people would put in the effort. You know, it's it's not even that hard of work where I'm at. Like I, I recognize there are way worse places to be working, like at Amazon. I like my job. I don't like hate it by any means. Uh. It is kind of a mess over there right now, because we just moved warehouses, like, by a margin of, like, 15-20 miles, which isn't that big a distance, but it's still- we- we're still unpacking shit. We have a lot to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's just, mm. But alas, I am going to quit being boring, question mark? With work talk? So this is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. That is- Possibly the least chaotic opening we've done, because rather than going into chaos, we just went into work talk, which, I don't know if that's a new one for this show, but I, I feel like it is. Anyway, I'm your co-host, Senna. And I'm your
1: co-host, Sam.
0: I We're back. We we are back. Hopefully this episode does not get lost. I am save, going to be saving it on multiple hard drives this time. Uh, like, I had been doing that. And then I forgot one week, and I was punished severely for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, habits are habits. Not because it's good to do them just in case, but because if you don't, God will smite you.
0: Exactly, exactly. Like, I I cannot get over the fact that last week, it was literally like 3am, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna edit because I have time and energy to do this. And then sit down to edit, I get our audio files synced, I start the episode, and then it's like, hey, we can't write to this disk, and I'm like, what do you you mean, you can't write to this disk? Uh, And I'm like, okay, well, let me save the file. So I save the file, I I try messing around with it some more, I get the same error, I'm like, okay, alright, this is normal. Uh, So I, I save the file again, just to make sure, I close Audacity, which I think... I think closing Audacity was my first severe mistake. Uh, Because the second I reopened Audacity, I tried to open the file, and it's like, what file? (laughs) I'm like, what do do you mean, what file? That it's there. You have it in your recent history of files. (laughs) And then I go to open where I had saved the file, and it's just gone. It was literally just gone. And I'm like... Okay. So that's why last week I ended up just doing solo bleach cast which I I'm not the happiest with that episode to be clear. Like I had fun doing it. I I do think the latter half of the episode you can really tell that my my energy had been dwindling. But It it happened. Those were two of the worst filler episodes we have covered in some time, so I'm not that worried about it. We are back on real BleachCast. We are back in, in the shit. We have manga. We have things to talk about. We have all the segments. We have all the segments! The segments are all here! So, without further ado, let's get to episode 138, Second Move of Hueco Mundo. Hitsugaya vs. Yami. So, in Hueco Mundo, Yami and Okiora enter a room with Aizen and several other Arankar already inside. There is a figure inside, like, a glass case that is, like, all bandaged up and, like, kind of mummified looking. Uh, and Aizen, like, welcomes Okiora and Yami in and is like, oh, hey, I was just finishing up. And he drops the Hogyoku in this small, like, divot in the top of the container, and Okiyora is like, so, how is the Hogyoku doing? And Aizen's like, oh, it's about halfway done awakening. Thank you for asking. This is all way more formal than it actually happens. I'm, I'm just- this is the mood I'm in, I guess. He says the Hogyoku will awaken exactly when Soul Society expects it to. <laughs> and then says- You wouldn't be able to tell unless you held it, though, that there is a secret to the Hogyoku. It's a secret that even Urahara probably doesn't know about, considering he, like, you know, sealed it immediately and never unsealed it and put it away the second he made it, because he was like, "Mm, maybe this isn't the one. Maybe this is not the
1: thing I should be making. Yeah, Urahara just getting hit with the instant regret of being like, Aha, it's complete- nope, this is a terrible, terrible thing that I've done. <laughs> this needs to be locked away forever.
0: <laughs> it It's honestly kind of fucking hilarious. Like, it, it is- he thought about the if he could, but he didn't think about the if he should. And then as soon as he made it, he's like, oh no, I should not have. I absolutely should not have. This is bad. So, the, the secret is that the Hogyoku, when fused with the power of two- average captains it can briefly unleash its full power like as if it's in a fully awakened state and aizen displays this by like touching his fingers to it as he's all saying this and like black goo emanates from the hogyoku and touches his fingers and then an explosion of energy happens which shatters the glass case and the bindings of the figure within it uh it is now revealed that this is a young man, and he asks for the man's name, who simply reveals his name is Wonderwise Margera, and,
1: man, I did not know Bam had this cousin. God. <laughs> yeah, Aizen's like, look, take, like, take note, if you, you know, cause a frame rate drop here, and then you merge with this thing, and you get a- you get an uh, an underflow and boom Hogyoku's at the full power just for a fragment of a second and then you could use that to do a frame perfect glitch and now we've unlocked Bam Barjera's fucked up cousin <laughs> and Olcur is just sitting here nodding like not
0: understanding any of all this fucking game nonsense that Eisen's talking about but he's like ah I see he's he like I don't understand. like spe-
1: I don't like speed runs that break the rules <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I prefer uh glitchless <laughs> <laughs> so Aizen at this point asks Ulquiora if he remembers his orders from around a month ago and is like yeah I I do yes and Aizen's like well my friend it's time to carry out those orders bring whoever you want I don't care and then Aizen turns to Grimjow as he's like starting to walk away and Grimjow still unarmed uh, is now asked do you want to go as well my child <laughs> Does Puppy want to go play? Does Puppy want to go play? You want to go have some... Po- I'm not saying that. No, I. you can't get me to say Puppy Playtime on this podcast. I'm not doing that.
1: I wasn't trying to, Jesus.
0: <laughs> I, I know you weren't, but I was about to. My evil brain was like, you're going to say this. And I'm like, no, no, I am not. And then I did accidentally. And, you know... I you did, in that, fact, say it. I guess that's fucking staying in. I know I have the power, but God cut to Ichigo getting his shit kicked in with Love and Rose, like, just on the sidelines, reading Fist of the fucking North Star, and thinking about how deep the line, You're Already Dead is. <laughs> like, the hilarity of Ichigo getting his shit kicked in, and then not knowing whose voice it is, and he, thinking he's hearing in his head, "Omai wa shinderu. And <laughs> And, and just cutting to reveal that Rose and Love are just reading manga, perfect.
1: I do love that Rose, Rose is like, could you stop fucking reading the books that you know I'm going to read and telling me about them? Like, It's it's specifically that Rose bought this manga and Love is reading
0: it before like he can, and then spoiling it for him, which I think is incredibly funny. He's so rude. It's so mean. Uh, Hiori yells at Ichigo, telling him to wake up, and then being like, you realize soul reapers don't have, like, the godly ability to just, like, die and get up from it, right? Like, you can't just fucking die, you have to get better. And then is like, okay, folks, and wax a pan, it's dinner time. <laughs> uh, after dinner, because we- I, I thought we were gonna cut to dinner, but it's after dinner- Uh, We cut to Ichigo in, like, a frilly apron washing dishes while Hiyori insults him. And then Lisa is like, you know, maybe this kid doesn't have talent after all. And Ichigo's like, shut the fuck up, erotica woman. (laughs) Which, I did not know where this was coming from. But then they, like, focus on this erotica bit for way too long. Where Lisa's like, oh, don't play shy. You know I lent you some erotica. And Ichigo's like don't fucking say that people are gonna think it's true and it's not true and then love is like i borrow some every two days there's no need to be shy and lisa's like i read it twice a day and i'm like okay this is all information we do not
1: need (laughs) this is also coincidentally ichigo's opinion on the matter (laughs) <laughs> exactly
0: <He's> Ichigo, like, <laughs> i know
1: and i would ve- very much like to not know why are you pe- why do you people keep telling me this i don't care <laughs> why are you people telling me this i am 15 <laughs> like
0: god um ichigo is like i will never be like you you are a pervert and i am never doing this stuff stop it and then kensei joins in to the conversation before the camera just thankfully pans to shinji who is not paying any attention to this conversation and is stid- instead thinking about how now Ichigo can handle a little more than 10 seconds in hollow form after about a month of training. He's thinking about how this training is going to take time, but as the Hogyoku awakens in only two months' time, December, they're going to have to move more quickly. Uh, which, I'm I'm glad we get this bit, because it's like, okay, we have stakes. We understand what needs to be happening here now? Like, we've been fucking around for a bit, and I'm, I've been enjoying the fucking around, but we need to, like, we need to fucking go. <laughs> in Soul Society, Ukitake sits on a small cliff as Shuhei walks up to him and wonders what he's doing here. Ukitake explains that he's been watching Orihime and Rukia train for the upcoming battle. Uh Shuhei at this point seems surprised to see both of them, and explains he met Orihime in the world of the living. We get some, like, short but cool shots of Orihime and Rukia training, and Shuhei's like, wow. Seems like they're having fun. And the captain agrees. Uh, we then flashback to Rukia, asking Ukitake to open the training grounds for her and Orihime, as Centaro and Kyone do their classic bit nobody cares about, where they just argue about which one of them is better, and which one of them is better for Ukitake, and which one of them brought Orihime, and I do not care about these two. I actively do, do not like these two at all still. Orihime quickly joins in asking like, if they can borrow the training grounds, and then the two girls have the gayest little motivation talk.
1: They really do. Or is like being bashful. She's like, "Oh, I'm sorry for causing you this trouble." And Rukia's like, "No, we are going to war, and you are coming to war with me."
0: It is so cute and so good, and I love these two. And they are gay, and they are perfect. I Rukia or Hime, Totsky power thruple win. You know. It, it's it's got to happen at some point. Kubo can't let us down.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, I just wouldn't put my expectations that high, you know?
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he designed so many gay men. Why wouldn't he, why would he I can't. I can't. I, I, I was making a point to Nova last night that, like, for a man who is frequently homophobic, he sure loves to design gay men in the present. Ikitake says he's happy that Rukia has made such a good friend, and Shuhei's like, even if she's human? And the captain's like, okay, first off, don't fucking say that. That's rude. Second off, friends are good even if they lead different lives. And besides, Orihime isn't even a normal human. She might even become a soul reaper when she comes to soul society. And it's at
1: this point that I have many questions, (laughs) because first off, they are- (laughs) I think I can intercept some of your questions. And the way it is, is I think Shuhei's not saying, sh- dirty humans from the living world. He's saying, uh, she's a human, she's going to be fucking dead in 50 years, and Ruki is going to look the same. I think that's what Shu- Shuhei's saying.
0: That that much is fair. That much is fair. Uh, the The questions I mainly have are... Aren't they already in soul society?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so going off of that interpretation of Shuhei, when Orihime dies, she has strong spirit power, so she'll probably uh, become a soul reaper after her death. Okay,
0: yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, That's grim.
1: Uh, (laughs) And that's why Shuhei is like, you know... If, like Rukia is gonna make a fr- is making a friend and she's gonna get attached and then Orihime Ru- is going to die and that I don't think that's gonna be good for Rukia and that's why U- Ukitake is like actually no I think this is healthy for her <laughs> also when she dies Orihime will probably be back here anyway so you know you know I, I'm I'm just thinking about
0: it and I'm realizing that at some point during our like long period of filler. I must have somehow fucking forgot that all the people in Soul Society
1: are dead. Uh, And I don't know how that happened. In fairness, the show forgets this all the fucking time.
0: (laughs) It really does. It's just, I think it really speaks to where we have been at with the show for a bit. Because it has just been, oh, let's go play some soccer. And I'm like, yeah, let's go play some soccer. This sounds fun. And I I don't know. This this is just how it's been. Rukia continues to train with Orahime, with each holding their own. And is like, you know, now that I think about it, why are you here, Shuhei? Don't you have something you should be doing? And Shuhei's like, oh right. Here's this month's Seirute News, and he have a magazine with Yamamoto on the cover. It's so good. <laughs> and Ukitake is like, why is this what you're doing? And Shuhei's like, yeah, no, I've just been overwhelmed with the chaos of everything, with, like, Hitsugaya and Rangiku in the human world, Kapachi sleeping all the time, Yachiru being missing, Mayuri and Nemu never leaving R&D, and d and, you know, I just realized Tosin never asked us to do fucking anything. So I'm doing something by bringing you the news. <laughs> it is it is honestly incredible. I love how he just drops all of this information about what's going on in Soul Society all at once, because I don't think this is info we really had, aside from, like, Hitsugaya and Rangiku being in the human world. <laughs>
1: Yeah, although, you know, most of it's inferable. Like, okay, Mayuri doesn't fucking talk to anyone. He's in his goddamn lab. Fair enough. Uh, and then uh, Zaraki sleeps and no one can find Yateru because she's probably off being a gremlin in a corner somewhere. Sure, fair enough. This is true. This is true. It does all make sense. Uh, so, Shuhei gets
0: up to leave. Ukitake's like, no, no, please, stay and relax. And Shuhei's like, my man? I have a paper to run. I have to go. (laughs) I need to get
1: pictures of (laughs) Spider-Man!
0: Does Spider-Man exist in the Bleach universe? Well, Kenshiro does. This is true. This is true. Uh, Ukitake thinks at this point about how four months is a short time to heal the soul, and also a short time to train. And he can only hope that the temporary peace lasts Cut to Yumichika frantically screaming and smacking a boulder with his blade. Rangiku tells him to shut up and be quiet. And Yumichika counters this by saying, in all caps, But Fujikujaku Jaku is so annoying and narcissistic and thinks he's so beautiful and I don't think he'll manifest even if I ask. And Rangiku is like, Dude, <laughs> what are you talking about? Your Zompakto is literally exactly like you. My Zanpakuto, Heineko, on the other hand, is selfish, temperamental, lazy, and stupid, which is why we don't get along. (coughs) To which Yumishka responds by saying her and her blade are exactly alike. You are the type of person to look at a picture of yourself and say it looks nothing like you.
1: I love this specific way of, like, I just really love that specific visual, because I'm like, (laughs) he has seen this happen. 100% Like he has, i am certain that he has seen her do this
0: it is it is incredibly funny I it is so good the two continue to argue while Hitsugaya sits on another boulder with Hyora and Maru at his side before he eventually snaps and tells them to chill the fuck out or he'll send them right back to soul society he asks if they can't even calm down and communicate with their swords and in the background we see Ikaku who is just like extremely calm during all this? Like, he is serene. And then he, like, looks up and notices, like, that the clouds are moving kind of quickly. And he says this out loud and hits a guy's like, I'm sorry, did you say something? I was busy, like, rounding up these two idiots. And he like, no, no, it's nothing. But then a rift opens up, like, immediately and it reveals Grimjow, Yami, Wonderwise, and another new, pretty small Aronkar. Uh, The Soul Reapers claim it's too early for the Aroncar to be showing up. It's not December yet. And Hitsugai is like, we don't have the time to worry about why they're here early. We have to get on our shit right now. Yami, of course, pulls the Napa move of being like, wow, what a nice place. There's so much (laughs) strong spiritual pressure around here. You know, I'll head out first. And the newer one's like, dude, this isn't like... This isn't unheard of. These are soul reapers.
1: You have seen these guys. You've read the reports. You've seen the hologram the hologram from Ukior's Shattered Eye. Like <laughs> You fought was... them. <laughs> well, not these guys. Not these guys, but
0: he's fought Soul Reapers. Yeah. So at this point the new person says, These are probably the reinforcements that Mr. Number Six mentioned, right? Oh, sorry. Former number six, he says, as he looks to an annoyed Grimjaw, who says, the man I want to kill isn't in this group, and then he just fucking flies away. Uh, as he flies away, the new small Roncar tells Yami not to worry about him, since he's just in a spot of dropout. And as he flies away, we can see, like, the sp- the place that Grimjow's number had been on his back is now, like, really badly scarred. Um... Which, I think it's a really cool shot, because it, it's just, like, you see his back, like, as, like, his, like, half-jacket is, like, fluttering in the wind, and you can just see,
1: like, this huge amount of scarring, and it, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like, oh, oh, they, someone did that, like, deliberately, okay. Yeah, it, it's good, it's really, really good. Um,
0: so, Yami says, you know... Since he said that, the guy I want to kill isn't here either. And the new small guy is like, okay, so there are a lot of guys you want to kill. Which one is it? The guy who beat you up or the one who reflected your sorrow? And Yami just smiles and goes, all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that he's not even, a- like, he's not even offended. He's just like, all of, all, all of them. I want to beat the shit out of all of them.
0: It's so good. It's very Yami. Uh, he calls for Wonderweiss, who just seems to be, like, standing here in wonder at literally everything around them. Uh, and he's like, okay, you're a little weird. I'm gonna go down there. You do... You, I guess? Uh, and it's at this point that we cut to R&D, who noticed the Iran car, and they're like, okay, what color is the signal? What color is it? Oh, it's red. Oh, shit. It, they're a Spada. We, we've got a Spada. Get 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 ready, and one of them's like, "Okay, I already did, but you know,
1: you tell me what to do again, I guess." Yeah, they're like, "We already have permission. We we made the system faster. We can just have it happen," which it's great. I'm I'm glad they're at the ready. Hitsugaya clashes with Yami
0: immediately and introduces himself as tenth squad captain. Yami's just like, "Oh hey, same number.
1: Funny that." <laughs> Yami is a great napper, honestly. He's a really good napper.
0: Yeah, Yami is, like, an incredible napa. He, he, like, I'm so glad we have a napper in this show. <laughs> Hitsugaya realizes that this means they are dealing with the spada. and Yumichika and Ikaku confront the new number six, who is named Loopy, who is the gayest little kid I have ever seen. <laughs> Wonderweiss is just watching some butterflies, while Rangiku is just like, is it, like, wrong if i kill him like am i gonna get in trouble
1: <laughs> yeah he's just like kneeling in the air just like reaching out like half-heartedly to butterflies and birth and he's like ah, ah. <laughs> and, hi- and rank was like i feel bad attacking this guy <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it's pretty good like i i'm i'm glad we have a good variety of characters here The visored hold Ichigo back from running out to the fight, as they explain that there are people from Soul Society here already, and they are going to handle this. This is what they're here for. And Ichigo, of course, is insistent that this is what his training has been for. If he doesn't go out to fight, what's the point? Shinji tells them to let him go, and they do. And when they ask him why they let him go, he will not answer. He just walks away. Rukia receives word via Hell Butterfly and prepares to leave. Orihime tries to follow behind, but Rukia explains that she doesn't have a Hell Butterfly. So when you go through the Senkaimon, you're going to be sent to the Guy, and that's going to be dangerous. Like, you are going to get fucked up going alone. And Ukitake's like, don't worry, I have sent out orders to have it stabilized, which I guess is a thing they can do, uh, in about half an hour. So she can leave then. Rikia says she'll be waiting for Orihime to arrive, so don't get too disappointed or discouraged. Which, I like this moment. I really wish they weren't, like, very clearly, like, okay, Orihime, I know you've been training. Get ready to get left behind, Orihime. Don't worry, it gets worse. It gets worse. I also... Is this stabilization of the Dongai a thing that has ever come up before? Because I feel like it hasn't, and I feel like, I feel like that should have been a thing they did when Ichigo's group went back through the fucking Senkaimo when leaving
1: when yeah, leaving so, Soul Society. So it's, so it's, like, retroactively a thing, because we know that the first time that they made a gate to go to Soul Society, it took Ichigo, it, like, it took a Urahara, like, a week or ten days or something to actually make the thing happen. So presumably right. he was doing this process. And then also when they were going back, it, it was also a process of, like, it's going to take a couple of days for, for, like, the gate to be ready for you guys to go back home. That makes sense. That that does make sense.
0: It yeah. was just, like, a weird thing they mentioned that I'm like, okay, has this come up before? Because I felt like it hadn't quite, like, been explicitly mentioned. But it, it's good to have
1: that info, I guess. Yeah, so I guess in in concept, you can probably think of it as like you've got the two worlds, and then you've got like formless space in between, and you can only traverse that formless space if you have a hell butterfly, which you can only have if you're a soul weeper, not if you're like a normal human soul or a hollow. Yeah, but but they do have a process that like makes a bridge. <laughs> Perfect,
0: flawless system. I'm I see no issues. Rikia runs for the gate and. Thinks on the arrival of the Espada, and then Ichigo finds Grimmjow. The two immediately prepare to fight, with Ichigo claiming he'll show Grimmjow just how much he's changed in a month, and going right into Bonkai. Grimmjow is just standing here like, bro, that did nothing against me last time, like, what are you talking about? And Ichigo's like, um, actually... This gave you the scar on your chest. I don't know if you remember that, you know, that giant scar you have on your chest right now. That was me.
1: Yeah, he's like, did nothing my ass. (laughs) (laughs) That scar is bigger than the non-scarred portion of your chest.
0: It really is. Uh, And then he's like, okay, so before we fight, I have something important to ask. Where's your arm? What happened to it? And- Joe responds with the funniest thing he possibly could have responded with, which is rather than be honest and be like, oh, it got cut off, he says, I discarded it. It is unnecessary to kill you with two arms. Yeah, he's,
1: he's basically being like, bitch, none of your business. <laughs> it's so I funny. Love
0: it. Ichigo at this point is like, uh okay i guess uh well i'm not holding back then (laughs) he prepares his mask and is like okay i have to settle this in 11 seconds 11
1: seconds flat
0: 11 seconds flat which is the classic anime way of saying i hope you're prepared for this 11 seconds to last like 20 minutes (laughs) reggie tells chad that he can't go and urahara tells reggie he
1: can't go and then (laughs) says i'll go (laughs) And then the episode ends. I love that he's like, he's not saying, hey, I'm going to go help the people. He's saying, well, since you two really want to go, but you're tired out, I'll go for you. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. I It's hype shit.
0: I'm glad Urahara is going to join the fight. <laughs> uh, overall, like, I like this episode. Uh, I, I think it really sets up what we're going to be dealing with for a little bit. And I think it does most of it in a pretty fun way. And, like, a mostly engaging way. Though I do obviously wish that Orihime wasn't very clearly going to get sidelined, like, almost immediately.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, bad news for the rest of this arc, but we'll get to it
0: later. For sure. So, what was the post-credits bit, or do you want to do manga differences first? It's been a bit, so I forget which order we do this in.
1: (laughs) So, post-credits bit first forever and always <laughs> <laughs> Shuhei is over at the sarate news department, uh, which is in trouble because everything's late, no one has any idea where Rankiku's article is uh, as mentioned, he's not getting reports from a bunch of the captains thankfully, Nanao shows up with uh, with a report from Squad 8 and Shuhei's like, oh god, I can always count on you thank you <laughs> and then the spot attack uh, which thrills Shuhei, he's like, yes fucking excellent, I can get a scoop <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> front page material <laughs> I I love that Shuhei is just this fucking news gremlin now it's perfect <laughs> this is the real reason Tosin went evil because <laughs> he, he was a newspaper editor all along he
0: understands the pain of it and he decided no this life ain't for me I'm going evil now and claiming it's for justice reasons
1: Aizen will surely generate more interesting headlines.
0: <laughs> God. And oh, especially- I see. It's it's the long con. He's he's going to team up with Aizen so he can get the real scoop. He's going undercover. <laughs> he's going to come back and write the greatest article Soul Society has ever seen.
1: Just the deepest cover, yeah. Uh, and then meanwhile, in the manga pretty much no difference uh we don't get the flashback of Orihime like meeting Ukitake we we just get the scene where they're at the um, where they're at the training ground and Ukitake is like i think there's like one line he has extra where he's like Rukia has a real hard time opening up to people so i'm glad that she's making a friend that is a really nice turn on that line and i'm glad it is there i'm glad that ukitake gets to be like a proper dad figure to because her other dad, her brother, <laughs> is awful. Yes, 100%. What,
0: what are you talking about? Rich, rich brother dad that tried to, you know, help have her executed? I, I see no issues with this. Perfectly functional
1: family. Her brother dad, brother-in-law.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, all of
1: this. Uh, although now I do have the image of, like, just at 11 p.m., Byakuya just showing up at Ukitake's door, being like, I hear- I heard my sister was on a playdate. Tell me everything. Do not let anyone know that I was here. (laughs) Listen,
0: I have money. I can- I can smite you. Do not tell anybody, but please give me the details.
1: (laughs) Just- God. Is she making friends at the
0: playground? I must know. (laughs) (laughs) How is my sister knowing? How is my sister doing? Please, tell me. God, I don't know. (laughs) Perfect Bianchia image. Oh, okay. Well, let's cut the break.
1: Let's cut the break. Let's get right back into it with episode 139. Ichigo versus Grimmjow the 11 second battle which this is, is the longest 11 <laughs> seconds of my life <laughs> I'm sure it's it's not that bad I I will admit when I saw the title I was like oh this 11 seconds is going to go into another episode
0: Oh yeah it like it is no Dragon Ball Z it
1: is no JoJo one thing I do want to point out, though, is that the time from So, when you start the episode in Roll, it's like, thir- it's 23 minutes, right? Including the ending, including the start, including the, like, in- intro sequence and recap and stuff. But, so, tw- out of that 23 minutes, the time from the start of the episode to new footage is 6 minutes.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I skipped through that bad boy, and I was like, Thank God,
1: I can go play Elden Ring a bit sooner. Yeah. <laughs> It's six minutes flat. It's almost a quarter of the entire runtime of the episode. That's absurd. It is uh, absurd. P- it it
0: is criminal. Uh, it is not as bad as One Piece. Uh,
1: so Ichigo starts the episode by putting on his mask, which surprises Groomjao. And Ichigo is just like, "Look, I don't have time to explain. We gotta go. We gotta fucking go." And he immediately attacks. And as soon as he gets blocked, he fires a Getsuka against the block. You know, you gotta you gotta finish your strings to make sure your attack is safe on block.
0: Exactly. My, my favorite part about this whole sequence really fast is that Ichigo's like, okay, I have 11 seconds, and then he just stands there for two seconds, and then is like, I don't have time to explain, and then attacks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Over with the other Shinigami, Hitsukai is confirming to himself, alright, Yami like isn't even phased. Even with the Gentek Kaijo active, like, it's, re- it's not enough against Enespada. Gotta go bot guy. And meanwhile, Loopy is beating the shit out of Yumi Chika. <laughs> and Ikaku's just, you know, doing the squad 11 like, don't like the 2 on ones just don't like them. If he, if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he
0: dies, indeed.
1: Uh, and Loopy's like, that's not, this isn't, god, you guys are lame. Hey, Yami, stay out of this. I'll just <laughs> unleash my sword and beat all four of them together. And Hitsuya you know, is genre aware, so he's like, wait, the other Aruncar was like way fucking stronger when he released his sword, so I'm not gonna let that happen. Activates his Bankai, rushes over, but he's not in time to stop Luppy's command of strangle Trepadora. Uh, Trepadora being like, it means climber or clamberer, Uh, so mm-hmm. like creeper vines, or technically also social climber, <laughs> and I'm, so, you know, it's the perfect name for him.
0: His abilities remind me of an octopus.
1: Yeah, I believe he's supposed to be spider-like, because his back's got, like, a spider web motif.
0: I I think you're right. I, I, like, I do agree with you. It does read more octopus to me, just because these look a lot more like tentacles, but yes.
1: Yeah. So the captain blocks the attack that comes next, uh, but it's only one of eight tentacles, and... When all eight of them attack him at once, like, his wings shatter and he starts to fall to the ground and the other three are, like, looking on in horror. At this point, Rukia makes it to the human world and goes to Urahara's shop to find Renji, who's, ex- he's, like, explaining his situation and how he's, the reason he's being massaged by the dolls, by the uh, mod souls, is so that he can recover faster and actually go into combat. Because he's, he is also, like, somewhat genre aware, because he's like, listen. I'm exhausted. If I go to fight those guys, I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> that's it's not gonna true. help... Like, that's not gonna help anyone. If I go now, you guys are gonna have to protect me, and then who... Then what's the point?
0: <laughs> like, Honestly, like, I'm, I'm glad he is aware of this.
1: Back with the other Shidigami, they're mostly getting chumped out by Loopy, whose, like, eight arms just kind of... It's like a plate on his back to which all the tentacles are attached to. It, it looks kind of cool, but... Uh, yeah. But also really goofy at the same time.
0: <laughs> it, it's it's like that level of goofy that like hasn't quite towed the line, like it hasn't quite gone over the line of being absurd in a stupid way. It's the kind of goofy that's like, okay, that's kind of funny, but you know, this is kind of cool too. I'm into it.
1: Yeah. So Yami's like bored and restless, and he turns around and he's like, "Hey, what, Wonderwise? What the fuck are you doing?" And Wonderweiss is just like. Reaching at a dragonfly, see, like he he wants to eat it, uh, but he does notice like something. Like he he gets like a a look in his eye. He's noticed something happening. Uh, but we look at the three Shinigami who all get wrapped up in tentacles, and then Lupi brings Rangiku in closer, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so jealous of your body." Um, uh, you know, we get a ho- couple of horny camera out uh, camera shots, and it's gross. Yeah. Uh, then one of the tentacles like just sprouts a bunch of terrifying uh, spines. Oh yeah! <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh my god! Uh, but before he can attack Rangiku with it, a red flash comes in from off screen and slices off those uh, two of his tentacles. Urahara is joining the fray just in time for us to switch to a completely different scene where he's not there. But Orihime can finally start running through towards the human world. The gate is stabilized, she starts running through the big tunnel, two nameless fodder Shinigami are running with her, these guys have no chance in hell to survive another
0: scene. 100%. They were, they were here for a scene, they have executed what
1: they need to do, they are done. <laughs> like, these two are the most dead Shinigami that I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> and that's a lot coming from a it's pe- <laughs> that's a lot- fuck, I can't do the joke, I'm laughing too much- <laughs> it's a lot coming from a bunch of people who are already fucking dead there i i made it happen
1: like you see these guys show up on screen and you're like oh these guys are more dead than the fucking 13th vice captain when rukia joined the squad in her flashbacks <laughs> like. God,
0: oh love to see a dead shinigami
1: so we cut back to Urahara, but, like, really quickly because he just introduces himself. He's attacked by Wonderwise, And then we cut back to Orihime, like, running in the tunnel. And, oh, hey, Okyo is here. And he says he's come to talk. And the Shinigami like, next to Orihime, they take aggressive stances. Okiora starts raising her arm. And or- Orihime, like, like, she clocks it immediately. She's like, we are in deep shit. No, stop it. Hey, you wanted a conversation. Let's talk. <laughs> but, unfortunately, not fast enough because Okiora just, like, explodes one of the guards (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like half of his upper body explodes he falls on the ground and he says hey i've got something to tell you and he may just like ignores him she tells the other guy to start running she starts healing the first the first guy uh the second guy also explodes so she just extends her healing shield to both of them. So now the healing shield is, like, taking up the entirety of the, of the hallway. And this is when Okira says, like, hey, she's got to come with him. She can't, aqu- she can't ask questions. She can't talk. She can't refuse. All she can say is yes, or he's going to go and kill all her friends. And he shows her windows of the battles happening on Earth. This isn't a negotiation. This is an order. And the episode ends there. It's an effective scene. Like it's he comes in and it's terrifying, but also it's like oh, I guess I guess Oda gets kidnapped now.
0: It's you're right. It is an effective scene, and like that, it is exactly what I was gonna say. It is effective, and that he comes in, he is extremely threatening. You know the things he is saying are true, and he will follow through on them. So like it, it makes it all the more effective, but it is the bleach thing of ah, yes, you don't get to be a character anymore. You are coming with me, you are now going to be the goal of this next arc forever. And it sucks. It really sucks. I wish this didn't happen to Orihime, but it sure does.
1: Yeah. And it's like I act, like I've been dreading this moment for a while and same that like this scene happened and I was like, well, there it is. But even so, I do really like how Orihime is like she is sharp in this scene. Cause as soon as Oku shows up, she's like, okay, this is that guy who did that. He was he was this strong. These two are fucking dead. So she tries she tries to intercept it and stop before a fight breaks out. You know, like she's on she is thinking on her feet even if the the end result is still like okay, fine, whatever <laughs>
0: It reads to me, and, like, this is, like, probably not accurate, because, like, frankly, with a lot of other things in this show, or like a lot of other things in this show, I don't think Kubo really thought this through as much as he would like you to believe he did. Uh, I do feel as if this is tr- Kubo trying to do what he did with Rukia, but to execute it in a more interesting way. And I don't know that it is that. Because, like, I do agree with you. Orihime is sharper here, and there is a lot of things that she does do or say that are very subtle, but noticeable. That, like, are like, yeah, Orihime isn't dumb. She's a smart character. She can get through this. But I don't. I don't remember how all of this shakes out, and I don't trust it to not just be Rukia 2.0, you know? It, it's like I we are going to be here a while. We are we are going to be in this position a while where Orihime is kidnapped, and this this is the moment of the show both of us have been dreading. Because I, I would even argue like This is the point of the show that made it part of why we wanted to rewatch this show and see where it goes, how it handles this, and, like, give it genuine criticism. Because, like, this is the point of the show where you realize most of the female characters are basically fodder to get, you know, kidnapped and be the prize at the end of the arc, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's like... It is, it's, disapp- it's really disappointing that it's a. Co- it's like a constant refrain in Bleach, in Bleach. um, And I don't, I also don't want to spend like 500 episodes just harping on the same thing over and over again. Because my memory is, this is the point where odohime effectively stops being a character. Yes. So it, it is also a point where I'm like, part of me is just giving up on the character, like wholesale, like I'm. If the show proves me wrong, I will be glad and happy for it, uh, but I do not expect it.
0: I, I'm i kind of in the same boat. Like I, I think we can... The way I think we should leave this, in terms of criticism, is we already, right now, have expressed, like, we don't like this. We really don't think this is a good turn for the show to take, and... If there is genuine criticism that is needed to further this, as in something we haven't already said before, which is just, oh, it sucks that she's not a character anymore, then we will go that route. But I don't think... I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think us harping on the fact that she is not going to be a character for a while is going to be interesting or, like, needed. We've, we've already said that. It's not going to be... A situation where us saying that every week is gonna be a thing, because that that's just gonna be boring for you, it's gonna be boring for us, and, like, I... Frankly, I think we would burn out on the podcast if we did that.
1: Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the filler is gonna, like, give her a, couple, a bunch of character arcs and make her interesting.
0: Who knows? Like...
1: But, yeah, it, it is just... It's really a shame, because when I first started reading the Bleach manga, like, I was... Such a fan of Orihime and like when she got her first fight, I was like, fuck, this is so cool. Like barrier healer like barrier fighters are the coolest characters, and then she had that moment with Hachi, and I was super excited. And then this happened and I'm like, Rose.
0: Yeah. it it,
1: it is it is, I think, that pivotal moment in
0: Bleach where you keep reading because you've already invested so much time in it, but if you are somebody who actually like cares about the female characters it, it is that point where you go is this really something i need to be spending my time on because the Arankar arcs aren't short like they make up i'd say over a third of the manga uh maybe even half of it like that might be an over exaggeration but it's like
1: i think this- that's more true to the anime because the the last arc of the manga, the Thousand Year Blood War arc, uh, is big. Like it's it is big, really, really big.
0: And like I, I'm interested in getting to that point. Um, it is, it is just a situation that it puts, it puts the audience at odds with the the content they are consuming, because you know at at this point it's just like well what do we fucking do one of the characters is out of the show and like we'll see where it goes i I don't think us sitting here and going down this train of thought is gonna get us anywhere aside from just repeating the same thing over and over which we we've we've done that before we we did the butt fucking burn the witch episode and we we both know how that went and like when Burn the Witch Season 2 releases in 10 fucking years or whatever, like, we'll get to that when that happens. But uh, it it is just this sour taste in, in my mouth that I, I will not be able to get rid of. And I, I want to continue enjoying it. I, I will do my best to continue enjoying it. But this is the breaking point of the show.
1: Yeah. Well, now... And now...
0: I think what what you're getting at is we should end the show so I can go play some Elden Ring.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, sorry for the long, kind of drawn out bit where we uh, just kind of talked shit for a bit, but you know, I I think it was needed. This this has been it'll wash out. You can find the show on Twitter at BleachCast and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Pause.
1: And you can find me on Twitter, at SSBSLJ. I think I didn't even talk about the Ichigo and Grimmjow
0: fight in this episode. I mean, you kinda did. Barely. Like, wait, fuck. We didn't even do... So yeah, I think we I, sk-
1: doing- I skipped the paragraph. <laughs> 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 okay, so just to get to the part that we missed,
0: You're- there so is I a... Also- <laughs> I-, I also want to point out... We did not do the manga differences or the post-credits bit for this episode.
1: We're on a roll. Damn, I was like, wow, we're ending on time. Excellent. Wow. Um,
0: <laughs> this is staying in. This is fucking staying in. This is too good to pass off. Holy shit.
1: Okay, so we did cut out a bit where Ichigo is continuously on the offense, attacking a wounded Grimmjow Grimjiao's like, hey, what the fuck is happening? Um... Uh, but Ichigo is like, look, I don't have time. I'm just going to fucking, sque- I'm going to squeeze you between a sandwich of two uh, Getsuga Tanchos, sends them flying. grimjaw retaliates with a Acero. Ichigo blocks it. The two of them fight a little bit. Uh, and then just as Ichigo is like, and now it's over and his mask shatters and oh shit. And grimjaw just starts beating the ever-loving shit out of him. <laughs> it, it's
0: it's perfect. It's, it's good. It's a good fight. I enjoyed it. This is so fucking funny. Uh,
1: the post-credits bit is just Gin going over to Loopy, being like, Well, you're actually friendly. All the other is about to hate me. And Loopy goes, Oh, the wide- I have the widest smile on my face, but I don't like you either. It, it- <laughs> and as for manga differences, I'm just going to paste two two-page spreads. But basically, the mangos fight straight up is 11 seconds. Like, it just immediately- as soon as he puts on the mask, goes on the offensive, does, like, two or three moves, he blocks the arrow, and then just immediately the mask breaks. Like- <laughs> oh the
0: the way Kubo draws the blood on Grimjaw's face is so good.
1: Yeah, he is- like, you see that is heavily wounded, uh, and then both of them are shocked when the, the mask shatters, and Grimjiao's like, Oh, it's over? Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it's- you fucked up. <laughs>
0: It's incredibly good. That mm 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah. And, and there we have we have the episode. We we already gave uh, both of our sign-offs and uh perfect <laughs> perfect episode in the can. There's the chaos you were looking for. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we,
0: we we did it flawlessly. We <laughs> I've been sitting here this entire time with my head in my hands just laughing. Because the thing is, I didn't even notice either. I, I was so focused on the Horahime shit that I didn't even realize we had completely skipped over the thing the episode is named after.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Hoisted. Ew. Owned, 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 owned. <laughs> god damn it
0: god thank you as always for listening <laughs> <Fuck>. d- d- <laughs> i can't even get the words out i promise we're gonna do our best to keep the show fun and not focus too much on the downsides like we'll criticize it where it needs to be we'll we'll do what needs to happen
1: we're gonna yeah. keep going Thank and you though, as always for li- go on. <laughs> Sorry. Well, so also like if it gets to a point where we're ju- like we'll do the criticism that needs ha- that needs happening or that we we feel that we should do, but also if it gets to a point where that's the only thing the show is, that we're doing with the show, then yeah, we'll probably stop because that won't be fun for anyone.
0: <laughs> and if that happens, on the off chance that happens, like I I think it's safe to say, like I don't know about you, Sam. I enjoy doing the show enough that I am willing to find something else to talk about. Like we we can find something. I'm not ready to just be like, "Oh, I'm done podcasting forever." Like I enjoy doing this enough. So, we'll we'll talk about it when it comes to it. We'll figure shit out. We we are going to continue. We will see where Bleach goes. We will see the hell that Kubo creates for us. In its glory. And I, you know, on that note, I really hope y'all have a good week. Y'all deserve it. Thank you as always for listening.
1: Stay cool, Chads. I don't have time to talk about this.